Really, um, obviously you've changed trainers again. Can you just talk us through your kind of thinking behind that and why, you, why you've done that? The other trainers, the toe was hanging out of them, so I had to change trainers. But that was, that was weird out. My other trainers, that was weird out. Wait, I had you... a pair of Adidas and I changed them for a pair of Nikes. Well, what was the thinking with going back to, well, going to Mark Tibbs and back to the Tibbs family? I just think that it was, I just think that it was, uh, it was a decision that, you know, lockdown come, was having no luck. I was at home and, you know, Ben Davidson, he, he set up a gym out in Arlo and, you know, it was hard for him to travel away and, and do camps and he's got a lot of fighters there and it's not right on me dragging him around the country and around the world training camps because I can't do a training camp at home. You know, everyone knows I need to be away like I have this time and I don't want to go to someone fresh and new who think they know me and, and they don't. So I know the Tibbses know me well, obviously Dominic Ingle knows me well and Ben Davison knows me well. So, you know, that was the strategy behind it. Obviously, you mentioned there about the Canelo and Alvarez, um, Canelo and Callum. Was that there was there was there never any option for you to maybe drop this fight and and get Canelo in December, or would you not even have considered it? No, listen. I mean, I always said in in, in December, if the fight was in December, I always said I'd have been ready. Um, but again, you know, the, my fight, Mark Murray only got got only got announced what five weeks ago. So they had all that time to get in touch, and they didn't ring up. So and they didn't they didn't try to get in contact. So clearly they didn't want me. But you know, for me to fight Canelo Alvarez, you know, in lockdown, they sort of caught caught me out a little bit. But which the fight would never have happened anyway because he had his lawsuit. But I wasn't prepared just to go in there and take you know millions of pounds and 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 to turn up there half hearted and half in shape. Do you feel you, you need to put on a, a really good performance on Friday to force that issue home to, to get that, that big unification fight or the Canelo fight? Do you know what? As we see the other day, we see Danny Jacobs and Rosado, you know, so we see these type of fights and, you know, sometimes they pan out in, 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 in the favourites' favour and sometimes they don't. It's sort of a win-win for Mike and Murray, really. Everyone's writing him off and everyone's saying he's old, he's finished. But, yeah. Um, do you think, I mean... You know, you, you've had fights in the past where, you know, if you, you, you haven't got motivated for a big fight. And, you know, there was a classic one in Scotland, obviously. And is there any risk of this? Or is, is Martin someone you know just so well that you, you know what he's got to do and you know what you've got to do to uh, not let him into the fight? Oh, there's always a risk, mate. There's always a risk. There's a risk I could go out there and get knocked out one round. That's why people watch boxing. Um, there's a risk that, you know, I could go out there and get the job done in one round. There's always a risk. There's an element of risk of people's lives in a boxing ring. So, you know, people tune in. If they knew 100 million percent I had the win and, you know, it was all one-sided, they wouldn't watch it. But, you know, so there's obviously that risk. But I haven't overlooked my... And I've just trained and, and prepared myself the best I can for this day. So, you know, I know how tough Martin is and I know what he's going to bring to the table and I know he don't lay down. So uh, I know I can't afford that same sort of performance. Uh, you said before about the importance of going away to train and get yourself away from home. How, how have you been during lockdown? Has it been a easy time for you? or um... Yeah, it's been all right, mate. That's all I've been doing is plenty of sex, to be honest with you. You know, um, that's all I've been having, plenty of sex and uh, just training, really. Uh, but that's the main thing what kept, got me through lockdown was, uh, was the sex. <laughs> you just mentioned there about, you know, the level you're at and how hard to beat. 
there's been a few instances coming out of, well, during lockdown and people then fighting and maybe falling a little short or not being as good as they want. So we've not been able to see anything of you for a long time. How, how, what level do you think you're at at this very point? Uh, listen, it's one of them. You know, I've done the best I can and, and get as fit as I can in the amount of, of, uh, the amount of time I've had. You know, I've took myself away for seven weeks. You know, put myself for another training camp. Um, you know, so I, I've done what I've done was put in front of me. So, you know, I'm hoping, and uh, I'm hoping that you know the ring rust is not as as rusty as that what it can be. I hope yeah, I'm a bit looser and smoother than uh, than I've been in previous fights before when I've been out the ring for a long time. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a uh, it's a blessing for Martin Murray. Maybe you know it's, it suits him more this fight than me. Other than the sex, is there anything different that you've done with the new, um, you know, a new regime? It's really outdoor sex, plenty of sex in the woods, you know. I think it's good, uh, you know, I've got a naturist near me and I go down there and that, and, you know, I go and I do the dogging and all stuff like that with the ladies and put myself out there. It's very, it's very good. That's how I've been training for this fight, to be honest. Well, in lockdown and some of this fight, sex, seriously, for stamina. Thank you for taking the time to talk. I'm curious, going into 2021, do you have an ideal number of fights that you would like to see? Um, or does that not matter as long as you get a unification bout? Certainly, you know, I want to be active. Um, and that's the reason why I'm fighting Friday night, because if I was worried about that, I'd have went, no, I'll wait to 2021. But, you know, I need to, I need to get active to be to be in uh, in the running for these fights and get the rounds in, you know, and, and, and sharpen the tools and grease and, you know, the chains and stuff like that. So I need the rounds. But, you know, the main thing is I, I do want to be, I want to be at least three times going into it. And that's at least, you know, minimum three. So, you know, there's big fights out there and I'm sure that uh, Eddie Young can make that, the stable of fighters he's got and big fights like that. Final question for me, and I didn't think I'd be asking this one, but you talked about training and about sex. Is it safe to assume that you're not of the belief that that sex weakens the knees, weakens the legs, strong and do you abstain? It's strong. It's, you don't when you do the sex in under the woods. You know, like when you're when you leg over the trees and under the trees and under the bushes, different positions and stuff like that. You get that's a workout. That's a pure so workout, and you're having fun. That's called a fun workout. Hey Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else. Danny Flexen here for Seconds Out. Delighted to be joined by our highly esteemed trainer, Mark Tibbs. Mark, how you doing? Lovely, thanks Danny. Not too bad yourself. Very good, thank you. Um, got obviously a big fight coming up on Friday night um, on the Matchroom Show headliner. But before we talk about that, fresh out of last night's big fight, um, Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce, just want yeah. to find out what you what you make of it, made of it. Uh, well, I was very disappointed with Daniel Dubois to tell you the truth. Um, Looking forward to it uh, for the last four weeks. Four weeks, we all was. And um, it was a good performance by, by by Joe Joyce, for sure. Wonderful jab. Good footwork. The best I've uh, 
the best I've ever seen him, really. Um, he normally looks a little bit uncoordinated. But, um, you know, um, Daniel's a, not, not a friend of mine, but, you know, we work closely in the Peacock for, for a little while. Um, we all do our own thing he's with uh, his group and whatnot, but, you know, we we tend to see, we used to see each other on a day to day basis, so therefore I was a uh, you know a little you know you know when you feel a little connection there, like yeah. you want your your gym gym sort of pal to uh to do the business. But the thing was, um, I always fancied, to be honest with you, that it'd be a a tough fight for 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 young Daniel if it went past six rounds. Do you know what I mean? But um. I think uh, Joe Joyce was uh, flawless last night. Really was flawless, and um, he done a good job. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything from watching it that you think Daniel could have done differently? Something that's within his skill set now. Obviously, we know he needs to go away and improve. But on the night, could he have done anything differently to change the course of the fight? Um, I don't think so, Dan. It, you know, there's a uh, experience is experience, and. Uh, that Joe Joyce had a wealth of amateur experience and uh, it goes a long way, you know, in, in, in deep waters. Uh, you know, if deep, deep waters appear, um, those that have had that pedigree, it normally comes through. Um, you can you can teach and uh, develop fighters and put stuff into fighters and prepare them for, um, for situations, but he looked like... Um, a little lost, I'll be honest with you. And uh, he looked uh, very lost, I think, uh, to tell the truth, before uh, before the fight ended. I think uh, I think another couple... Uh, what round was that? Tenth round? Tenth, yeah, near the start of the tenth, I think it was. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's easier for me to say this, but um, Joyce was very, very comfortable. He was flowing with that left lead. And uh, I think... Uh, you know, he might have put him away, to tell the truth. Um, but that was a damaged, it was a very, very damaged eye, um, which Daniel had. And uh, it was his leading eye, which yeah. is, uh, it wasn't uh, the best thing for him. But is he 21, Danny, or 23? 23. He's 23-year-old. Uh, that was a... Uh, oh, I, I, I was, I'm still disappointed, to tell the truth, for, for, for him and his team. You know why? I know how hard uh, his team work with with Daniel, but it's one of them things. It's uh, you know, you get in these big fights, and uh, I'm not too sure if it was probably a little bit early for him. But domestically, the public, British, you know, the British public wanted wanted it, and uh, yeah. they were both game game to have it. So that's often for, for taking it. But um, Joe Joyce really impressed me last night. He did. The way in which the fight ended has caused quite a debate across social media, ex-fighters chipping in, fans as well. What what did you make of that? I mean, he, we've found out since his eye is badly damaged. He's got a fractured orbital socket, uh, sorry, orbital bone, and he's uh, got nerve damage as well. But in those moments when you go down, I guess you're not thinking long term. You're just thinking, do I get up or don't I? And in this case, he didn't. A lot of people have judged him quite harshly about that. What What do you make of it? Well, I'm only going to speak as I, as I find it, Danny. Um, you know, 
in this business at certain levels, uh, you know, certain we're in, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough business, and we and we're, we're trained and prepared to give damage, you know, and to take damage, and uh, um, and. I'm not saying he was underprepared because, you know, I weren't around, not been around him. You know what I mean? But uh, what was your question? What was your question? Tell me again, Dan. Sorry. The, the way in which the fight ended, the decision he made seemingly to not rise from the knockdown. What did you make of it? Given we know now that he was injured. Yeah, the, well, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is what happened. I'm going to repeat what you, we already know already. Um, he took a stiff left jab, correct? Yeah. From Joe Joyce, he took a step back himself. Uh, Daniel touched his eye, looked for a bit of distance, made sure he got a bit of distance, then took the knee. So it was his call to, um, you know, to, to to stop and take a breather, and he never got up at ten, or he got up at ten. You know what I mean? And uh, so the referee had no option but to stop the fight, but. Uh, so I can understand why the public and 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 some 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 people in the boxing business are, have got the uh, the needle about it sort of thing because uh, you know people trainers and whatnot put a lot of time into and money into into getting these fighters to them positions and it's very very disappointing to see uh, a fighter bail out like that. This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined via Zoom by Galal Yafaya today. Galal, first and foremost, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Very good, thank you for asking. Now, it must have been a strange time for you because I was there at the qualifiers a few months ago. You were one of only a couple of British boxers to actually qualify before everything was sort of put on hold. What was that week or so like for you? There was the, the relief, the joy of qualifying, but then everything changed so quickly. Yeah, there was, there was relief, obviously, qualifying. Um, but then it quickly got damp dampened by obviously the whole, the whole pandemic and cold coronavirus issue. Um, but yeah, I was just uh, glad to get it done, glad to, over the moon to get that box ticked while qualifying. But um, yeah, again, it was dampened by everything that was going on. I remember my colleague Andy Purwell spoke to you not long after that, and you admitted you were sort of toying in your head with whether to wait it out for the Olympics with the way things were going, whether it's yeah. in turn professional. What were the sort of conflicts that you had in your mind and what was it in the end that sort of made you wait it out? I just think everything that go, was going on at the time, it was like nothing was moving either way. Um, I think I, I was always going to stay amateur and, you know, it was something that I'd, you know, set out four years ago to qualify and I'd done it. So it'd be pretty silly of me to throw it all away and go pro. Um, so, yeah, I was going to stick it out. I had a few conversations with my brothers, um, you know, so um yeah, it made my decision really. I think I think I made the right decision and um hopefully I can do well in these Olympic Games and then carry on my journey after that. 
And by the time this goes out, Galal, the, the news will have came out that the qualifiers have now been rescheduled for the other guys and girls to try and book their place in Tokyo. What's the mood like up there now for everyone that knows that they, they do have that, that date set now and they can go and take that step towards their Olympic dream? Yeah, it's something to look forward to now. Um, first of all, we go to America on a Friday. Got a little camp out there. So um, that gets the spirits high up in the gym. Um, and yeah, we've got something to look forward to now. Obviously, before it was, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know when we were fighting. Um, and that's the next meaningful tournament for us is to, to go there. And well, for me and Peter McGraw, we've already qualified. So uh, for us, it's just about getting that seed for Olympic Games. For the others, it's about obviously qualifying. Um, hopefully, we can see him do that. It's been a strange time for everybody. Boxers as well, though, having to keep busy, having to stay ready for, for whatever may come. What's it been like for you in the last few months and how much access have you actually had to the Institute in terms of training throughout that time? Yeah, we've, well, we've been here now since, I think, I think, end of July, August. So we've been here for the past few months now. We've been to Turkey as well. Um, it's been pretty normal for us. Um, it's been hard to get be motivated and stay motivated, but um, yeah, we're just looking at the bigger picture and that's just trying to um, just keep improving now in, in that extra year until, until Tokyo 2021. You are now obviously eyeing up Tokyo. You mentioned you've got the relief of having already qualified for, for when the Olympics does come round. When you look back at your experience in Rio and you know your first Olympic Games, how much does that stand you in good stead going to your second Olympic Games and, and being more prepared for the occasion? Yes, more experience. Um, I was a newbie back then. I'd been on a squad for what, six, seven months. So uh, it was all new to me. Um, even I did it quite well. I could have been um, maybe had more experience um, been on the squad two, three years before, but uh, now's perfect timing now. I'm at my peak. Um, I've been to Olympic Games, been to Commonwealth, European <laughs> Worlds, so that'll put me in great stead for these, um, for these Olympic Games. You've been there in the build-up to the Olympic Games before. How does, how does the feeling of it compare when you're preparing for a Commonwealth or a Europeans or a Worlds? Does it feel different? Does it feel special? Yeah, I think it's um, just this, this, the global size of it. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it's all over the world. It's Olympic Games. It's huge. Um, but then you, you you've got to try block that out to try and um, perform to your best. Um, if you try and make it like it's something huge, uh, it can um, not make you perform that well. So you just gotta stay in your own little bubble and just uh, think about the boxing. Now the people watching this won't be able to see. I can see a little bit of it in the corner of your screen behind you. There are yeah. all the previous medalists from Team GB, all the boxers that have gone on to achieve greatness at the Olympic Games. How much does it yeah. inspire you when you're in the institute to, to get your face up there with all those other athletes that have, that have produced that great greatness on the big stage? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the main goal here, is to get your face on the on the walls. Um, and hopefully, I can do that next year. Um, hopefully, it can fit me in the corner, a little a little square photo of myself. Hopefully a good one in the corner and I'll be happy. They're going to start running out of room up there soon, Gal. But Oh, they have. I know. Look, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about when that time goes, does come when you do turn over, Galal. You know, we do expect a, a lot of these guys and girls are going to be moving at the pro ranks after this. You're 27 years of age. We do expect you to follow your brothers o over at the pro ranks. When you do move, how fast do you want to go through the ranks? How fast do you want to be moved in the pro ranks? I think it's inevitable for me to be moved fast. I think... One thing, my age, I'm 27, and one thing, my pedigree as well, amateur pedigree. Um, yeah, I, I can't move. I gotta move fast, but I can't be, can't be silly either, because um, it can ruin a career. Um, 
but I think I'll be moved pretty fast. I think I'll be ready when I move pretty fast. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I just gotta get these these Olympics done. Gotta these medals back, and then it can help me if I want to go pro. It can put me in better stead. It can give me better experience um, and make me a whole better fighter. Obviously, it's been a bit of a mixed bag for your family this year. Kyle did have that huge fight earlier in the year, did lose his world title, though. Gamal's had his fight sort of delayed. But when everything does come together and you do join them in the pro ranks, is it a dream of yours to, to share a professional bill with your brothers, maybe? Yeah, it'd be something... Um, I don't know if it's been done before. I don't know if it's Smith Brothers or anyone else has done it before, but it'd be, it'd be something we should, um, we should do before they retire, obviously, Cal. Um, We'll just have to see what happens. Hopefully, it can it can get put together. And maybe in Birmingham, too. Now, in terms of your brothers, how are they doing? Obviously, Gamal had that fight delayed. Cal's sort of been out of action since the Chocolatito fight. How are they both? Yeah, they're good. Um, just ticking over now. Obviously, it's, um, pro boxing's just getting back and running now. Um, I think Gamal may be fighting in December um, for the European title. It's been a long time coming for him. Um, obviously, Cal losing out to... To, to Gonzalez. Um, hopefully he can come back now um, and um, make his way back up now in his new division, hopefully. And and yeah, and hopefully he can do well in the Olympic Games and uh, get it back to get it back to a positive. We are awaiting news of, of Cal's return to the ring. There's been all sorts of names banded around. Who would you like to see your brother fight though when he does make his way back into the ring? I think he needs to have a not I wouldn't say an easy comeback fight, but a decent comeback fight. But I think a good British fight um, might be might be interesting for him. I know he's got a rivalry with Charlie Edwards. Um, I think that could be a good little fight. Um, but I have to see what happens. Uh, I think he'd be much better at this weight now. Um, he struggled a lot over the years at super flight. Um, so yeah, interesting times. For everyone that's going to get behind you at home on your, your road to Olympic glory, as the Olympics does draw closer with you qualified yeah. as well, what do you say to everyone that's going to be getting behind you? I just thanks to everyone that gets behind me, not just me, the whole team. Um, yeah, just it's great that we get the support um, representing Team GP to Anna. And um, yeah, just thanks to everyone supporting, not just me again, the team, the girls and the other boys, um, and the people in the back, that background as well. Yeah. Right. Well, Galal, thank you very much. All the best with training. I'm sure we'll be able to catch you soon when everything opens up a bit. Cheers, mate. See you soon. <laughs> This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And as everybody can see, I am joined by Sam Jones, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the man who's helped to build Joe Joyce and who's just seen him have the biggest victory of his professional career so far with a 10th round stoppage victory against Daniel Dubois. Joe, how are you doing? Name's not Joe, but Joe, I'm doing sorry, great. Joe, sorry, Sam even. How are you doing? I'm doing good, mate. How are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Um, apologies for that one, obviously, Joe referring to uh, Joe Joyce there. Um, Joe's on the mind, Joe's on the mind. Yeah, he's. Um, Sam, just take me back to Saturday night and reflect on the fight for me and what was a, a huge win for Joe. Yeah, look, it was, just a, it was just a great night for him on a personal level because 
I was telling Joe before the fight, like, this is your redemption night for the Olympics. Like, we believe he got robbed in the Olympics. And I said, this is going to be your night. It's, it's written. It was just written. Like, even when we lost Salas on the, earlier in the week, which was a bit of a blow, um, we were so calm. Like, everyone, all of our team, we were going out. We were, we were very together. We were very together. And, like, we kind of not sense panic in their camp, but... They they all look they looked un, un, uneasy if from what we could see like I I mean to be honest I thought Daniel was a bit nervous all week which is rightfully so he's only a kid isn't he like when I was 20, 23, I I couldn't have dreamed to have been do you know what I mean all the the media attention everything like he's he's we'll, we'll come to we can come to Daniel another time but he he'll, he'll come back but he he looked nervous all week in my opinion and Joe was just taking it in his stride and. Look, it was Joe's night. It was it's just what people it, it was it was it was Joe's night. Talk me through the fight, Sam. Uh, you know, it seemed to be that first round seemed to be the kind of a nervy opener for both, but then after that, both just seemed to settle a bit. Um, your thoughts on the first round. The first round, it was all about Joe was just gonna find his range, and uh Joe's got a long reach. People don't realise Joe's got a really long reach, and uh he was he all this talk was like, this is why I was saying at the beginning, like all this talk of how good Dubois' jab was. Dubois' jab is very strong, but Joe's got a better jab than Daniel Dubois and he proved it on the night. Well, your thoughts as the round was progressing, obviously we saw Daniel's eye swell up um, from early on in the fight. Um, listen, people can have their own an opinion. I had Joe winning the fight very comfortably and the plan was always to stop him. Like Joe was going to jump on him on the last couple of rounds. Um, when Daniel, you saw Daniel was exhausted. I thought Daniel was exhausted early in the round. Joe could have, Joe could have done another twelve rounds in there. Um, sorry about that. My phone's, my phone, oh, the battery's a bit low. Handy. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the fight was, um, the fight was. It went. You thought Joe would probably use his right hammer, but he didn't really need to. He just, he just, he just jabbed, jabbed, jabbed his nut in, didn't he? Really. Was that a surprise for you at kind of how easy Joe found it to land his jab and how consistently he was able no. to find it? No. Joe's had harder... As I say, like, no no disrespect because, as I say, he's 23 years old and he will come again. I told you before, even when I was saying the things I was saying, like I said, he needed a middle fight. I got laughed at. It's the, um, I, I made a reference that when the Titanic set sail... They tried to speed it up to, to, to make the headlines. And they ran into an iceberg in Joe Joyce, didn't they, on, on, on the night. But Daniel Dubois going to come again. He's, he's going to come again. Um, but we were very confident. From it, We couldn't believe at the start when the fight was offered to us because it was just like Christmas has come early. Sam, I know that you'd have seen all of the comments with regards to Daniel and yeah. people suggesting he's, he quits during the fight. Just yeah. your thoughts on the comments and how that's kind of built up since over these past couple of days. Well, I, I put a tweet out because I don't want him to get uh, annihilated, like which is what people do. Listen, if Joe Joyce would have lost, can you imagine my 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 social people have just hammered me? Um, people would have just hammered me. On, on social media, if that if if uh, if Joe would have lost, but we were very confident. But you got to remember, he's a young man. He sustained in it was his first real fight in the sense of 
He's been hit back. He's being hit back in a championship fight. And he, I believe he panicked as soon as Joe did, did hit him. But he's probably just saved his own career. I believe he should have been pulled out of that round before because you could see he didn't, he didn't want to be in there. And rightfully so. He had an injury. Like, as I say, like, it's very difficult for somebody who's not, who, who's not, who doesn't get in the ring and, and make my living by that. Say, oh, he quit. But he did quit. But he's probably saved his career in the process. Sam, we saw with Joe after the fight, he immediately called out Alexander Usyk. Do you see that fight being a, a, a possibility for the next one for Joe? Yeah, why not? He's, if Joshua vacates, that is the fight that's going to... That's, that's the, we, we've told Frank that we want that fight. Joe wants big fights now and, and he deserves it. It's great to see all these uh, fighters come out from under the floorboards and start calling Joe out for a change because it's been very difficult getting Joe for fights. I mean, we've done... We, 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 his management team, S. John Box, myself, and Adam Morley have done a good job with getting him these fights. And the Daniel Dubois fight came up, and we, we grabbed it with both hands. We took a, a gamble because it was a big snakes and ladder fight for Joe. That was it. Would have been a long way back if something bad would have uh, would have happened. Because you never know in heavyweight boxing. Look, it's a foregone conclusion. We took the gamble. And Sam, how did you all celebrate Saturday night? Because I know obviously with restrictions that none of you would have been able to go out. So how did you go about celebrating? No, we literally got back to went back, went into Joe's. Joe had a big suite. We went into Joe's. Room. His mum was there, his brother, his girlfriend, myself, and Joe's team. And we just we had a few pizzas, and uh, we just enjoyed we just enjoyed the night. And Joe went back on his uh, on his PC and started playing games and. <laughs> It was just it. There was no wild celebrations. Listen, it's only just started. It's only just started this for Joe now. And I think the, and rightfully so now, people are giving him a, a lot more credit and taking him serious as a real contender in the heavyweight division now because Joe's, Joe's in the top five in the world now, in my opinion. And it's super fights only from now on. On a personal note, Sam, was that your greatest night involved in boxing so far? Uh, yeah, it's it's my greatest, uh, it's my it's my greatest, my, my greatest, uh, the greatest night of my life. It, it really was. It was the, the best night of my life because it meant so much to me. Like because I've I've given this. It's not about me, like on a personal, but like I've I've just given this everything. Like I've given, I gave up everything to get into to get involved in in the sport that I love, and I and I and I've and I've given it everything. I give it everything. Like as soon as the fight was over, I was talking to Florian about. Getting his fights, getting his fights sorted, which is we, we, it's now done. Like we're looking forward to, we're looking forward to the Florian's big night. But just it's back to business. Like, but am I going to enjoy it? Yes, we're, I'm going to enjoy it. But it was just, it was more emotional than anything. Like it was so emotional because I was so happy for Joe because he doesn't get the respect that he deserves, and, and he's now he's now getting it. And and, and as I say, rightfully, um, rightfully so. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course. On a personal level, yeah, of course, it's the best night, best night of my life because it, it was against all odds, wasn't it? We we uh, we uh, we upset, and I think a lot of people are having a having a drink on Joe Joyce this Christmas because the odds were a disgrace, weren't they? That was one thing which surprised me about just how wide the odds were, especially in the build-up, because a lot of people that were touting it as a 50-50 bout. Was yeah. it a surprise for you heading into it to see just how wide the odds were? Yeah, the odds were the odds were the odds were the odds were a disgrace. Andy, my phone's gonna die literally any second. 
Right, well, Sam, we'll, um, uh, we'll, well, I've got one final question, in fact, because you mentioned him, Florian Marku. You said the fight is um, pretty much done now. I'll take it as with Ryland Charlton. You will find out. <laughs> right, Sam, I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate you giving up some time. Enjoy the rest of your, your week and the win, and thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Yeah, stay true. Fight news for Lerone Richards coming soon this week. Flexing here for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Jazza Dickens, MTK Golden Contract finalist. In just two nights' time, second time of asking as well. You must be pretty excited. I am. Still excited. I'm still sexy as ever. So I can't wait. Well, that was never in doubt. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fight the first time around was in doubt and was eventually postponed, of course, um, because yourself and Derry Matthews both contracted COVID-19. Um, but yep. at the time, you were asymptomatic. It, nothing, you didn't feel anything was wrong. Was that still the case? Did you get ill later on or were you fine all the way through? Yeah, well, I, I, I went and took another test when I got home. I, was, I had the flu, that was it, really. I took another test when I got home, and I said I was positive as well. And then I went and took a pregnancy test as well, just to make sure. And that came up positive. <laughs> but not, I'm still not on, still, still um, gonna make weight, haven't I? So uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't be having a baby right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not the right time in your life for uh, the first child. <laughs> but yeah, so you just had kind of flu like symptoms and, and then recovered pretty quick back in the gym. Yeah. Basically, yes. But when I got home, as soon as we got home, my girl, she came with us to fight. She never had it. She tested negative, and then she tested positive. Uh, but she got sick a few days later. She must have caught it off being Derry. So she went to the hospital with it, and said it was really bad, you know. These people in there, she said these people look like you were dying on the ward. It was horrendous and all that. So I don't know. Maybe I was just super fit. Super fit, and I'm really confident because if I was in a shape of my life then, and I had, this, I had the coronavirus five years, and now, and now I'm in the shape of my life even more now. It's like how feel. What has the extra time before the fight given you the time to do? Like I spoke to Ryan Walsh earlier today. He got some different sparring in that he might not have been able to secure before the first fight. A um, bit of extra time to prepare. Has, has it been similar for you? Yeah, well, the main thing for me is mentally... Um, metal. Me and Georgie both said it just didn't feel like it was. I don't know last time. I was there physically, but there was something. There was just something. I don't know. It just felt like a win. We were supposed to fight. Something Georgie said to me. Georgie said, "Did you feel that all along that we just felt like it weren't gonna come off or something or something?" And I said, "I felt that, Georgie. Yeah, for a win, I was being positive about it, and it was just something that I don't know what it was." But this time, me mental, I'm in a different place mentally. I'm physically there more than last time. But this time, I'm there mentally. So uh, I just feel unstoppable. I just feel so strong, so grateful, and so blessed. Yeah. And something I said to Ryan earlier, with him being WBO number one, your IBF number three, whoever wins yeah. this won't just get the golden contract uh, itself. But you've got to be looking at a world title shot next. 
Yeah, well, we're fighting for his ranking, aren't we? My belt's on the line, but we're fighting for his ranking. And what are these belts all about? They're both the ranking, aren't we? So we're fighting for his ranking. And the WBO champion at the moment is Emmanuel Navarrete from Mexico. Have you seen much of him? Do you, do you know much about him? No, I've never seen him. I don't watch boxing, so I've got no reason to watch him, you know. <laughs> well, you've got a reason that you might end up fighting him next, but apart from that... Next, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing you're focusing purely on Ryan Walsh at the moment. Yeah, that's the point. Um... But it does make the fight even more important than it would otherwise have been. The fact that, you know, like you say, you're fighting for his WBO number one ranking. You're already closed in on a world title shot yourself. Do you embrace the kind of added incentive? You don't seem like you're feeling the pressure so far. Oh, I don't think about what's other than fighting. You know, there's, just, there's, not, there's not much more that I think about other than the fight because it's just all smoke, smoke and mirrors when you say now, but every day. Unless you're fighting Navaretti, you're not fighting Navaretti unless you, as we found out last time, unless you get in them rings and definitely calls you to the centre of the ring and says, go back to the corner and we wait for the belt, that's when you know it's on. Anything other than that in boxing is 100%. You don't get paid for anything other than that, you know. So, that, that's with boxing. I don't focus on nothing apart from what's actually happening. I've, I've, I've learned that the hard way, you know what I mean? It's been many times when I've been promised this, promised that. Not that. I'm bitter or I just realised that, that um, you have to get things nailed on in boxing before it's finally achieved, you know what I mean? It's a mad, mad business, man. you know, like with the government and all that now, no professional boxer is going to get a grant because it's just, it's just like it's a one-man business, you know what I mean? Everyone's in it for themselves, so that's what I think about it. Why watch him or him or him? I just think, fuck them all, I'll just watch me. And, and do my best. This main event on Wednesday night makes me um, thankful that I don't write previews for Boxing News anymore because splitting the two of you would be immensely difficult and not just because I like you both. It is a really, really tough fight to call. I mean, you won't agree because you think you're going to win, obviously, but anyone out there neutral would say this is a 50-50 fight, the very definition of what is going to be the difference in your mind between the two of you on the night? Where do you think you've got the advantages that will make the difference? After a fight, I'll come down to yours and paint your, paint your fence if you want. <laughs> 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 yeah, as I said before, my, my confidence is just so high. My strength, where I'm at right now, I, how I've, I've done everything, how I can make the weight and all that, everything it's just come down to. I've never been in this position, you know what I mean? I thought last time, well, I was last time, I've never been in that position last time when I was supposed to fight. But luckily, it's been prolonged and I'm in an even better position. So, yes, that, that's where I'm at. That's why I am Golden Contract Champion. Because I've already seen it in here. And you have to see it in here, to believe it in here, to hold it in here. You're kind of quite similar, though, in that you've had quite similar journeys. You've both been avoided. You've both been around a long time. You've both succeeded at British level already. He's a switch hitter. You're a southpaw. Both been said by other fighters that you've got awkward styles. And now you're going up against each other. You you, you seem to get on very well as well. I am for... Oh, did you get Sorry, that? <laughs> No, I never got nervous. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, nice I, um, my dad's phone, 
me dad's phoning me because I've been um, been naughty in school, so he said I'm going to be grounded if, if I don't get in for four o'clock. Well, once you take your test, you'll kind of be grounded anyway, won't you? <laughs> you'll be in isolation. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were saying that um, we've had a similar journey. Yeah, so you've both been avoided quite a lot. You've both proven um, very good fighters at domestic level, um, but you still found it hard sometimes to secure fights. Yeah. He's a switch hitter. You're a southpaw. Other opponents have said you're both awkward in the past. Do you feel kind of a, an affinity with Ryan Walsh, a similarity between the two of you? Yeah, I do see. Like, uh, I'm, I'm both hard working on pros, you know what I mean? We both with that in common as well, so... Um... I do see a lot of similarities, yeah. I do feel like he's had the better success at this level. And I also feel like I have fought the best better opposition. I've gone on to fight for world titles. I know what to fight. I know what to fight. I can visualise the fight for the world titles, you know. And, um, so, yeah, we've both, both got a got strength and both got weaknesses, you know. And we've also managed to capitalise on, on Europeans' weaknesses and their own strengths the most. Do you think it'll be more of a chess match or a dogfight or a bit of both? Um, sure, you're gonna watch the fight, aren't you? You're gonna watch oh, yeah, the fight. You're gonna see. I was hoping you might. What do a... you think? What do you think? That's the main thing here. I, I, I think it'll be more of a chess match, especially early on. I think it might end up becoming more of a dogfight towards the end, but I think early on there'll be a lot of feints, a lot of movement, trying to second guess each other. You know, try and promote the other to lead in. It sounds like it's a good fight, Dan, already. You've captured my imagination. I've done what you're doing. I've already seen it in my head. <laughs> You've shown the fight, Dan? It, it cuts off before they announce the decision, though, so I don't know who's going to win. But <laughs> I'll wake up at that point in a, in a cold sweat. <laughs> No, I am, I am genuinely really looking forward to it. It's, it's come, I was really looking forward to it the first time around and the you know, delayed, the postponed versions come around a lot quicker and everyone's still kind of talking about Dubois and Joyce and we've got another big fight just a few days later. It's brilliant. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just weren't talking, that's all it was. Well, no, I could see you moving your mouth and nothing was coming out, but maybe you were just mumbling, I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd muted it by accident. Um, yeah, it's a really exciting fight. Everyone's really looking forward to it. Probably not as much as you, because you seem like you're really psyched up for it. But does it make it kind of even more exciting, the fact that it was postponed the first time, that you were so close then it didn't happen? You've had another kind of two, three months to look forward to it. Not really, yeah, no, not really. The fight, that was that was the fight that didn't happen. So that's gone. Do you know what I mean? That's gone. When when I um I started again, I refreshed. I have to refresh because to go and do the work that I done last time again, I have to let that go. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't hold on to that. I couldn't say like couldn't be better. I couldn't hold on to it. So I just have to let that go, and that's where I'm at now. I'm in a new camp, new new fight, new new opponent. That's where I'm at. Oh, I am very excited. And although you don't look past your opponent to future fights, do you allow yourself to at least think a little bit about what a win here will do for your career overall? You know, the contract, oh, yeah. the future possibilities, winning live in a main event on Sky as well. Yeah, I visualise fighting for the world title after this fight. I visualise, you know what I mean? How, how, can I, how can I achieve something? How can I bring it into existence if I don't actually know what I want? 
you know what I mean? How can I actually go and do what I want to do to Ryan Walsh if I can't see it happening? How can I land these combinations on him if I haven't seen these before? You know what I mean? I go over these combinations in my head thousands and thousands and thousands of times a day. So, uh, I visualise a lot. I visualise what life's going to be like. I visualise what's going to be like going on to my family, going to the champion. Um, visualise getting to make my community proud, my ma proud, my bizarre proud, my family proud. So yeah, visualise all these things, man. That's brilliant stuff. Well, let's hope those visualisations become a reality on Wednesday night. Yeah, man. See all the are. See all the are. Brilliant. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We had a big night of heavyweight boxing last night. With me, I've got heavyweight Nathan Gorman. Your former opponent, Daniel Dubois, uh, got stopped by Joe Joyce. Your thoughts on the fight, Nathan? I thought it was a very good fight. Um, to be fair, I thought, myself personally, like prior to it, I thought the early rounds was going to be in um, Daniel's favour. But for me, from the word get-go, Joyce established his jab. And, you know, from round one onwards, he was throwing that big jab moving out of the way. It was a very, very good game plan, what they had. But they executed it very well. And the does not lumps off him, didn't he? Um, Daniel was looking for the big punches, as he always does. You know, the big, the big because that's, that's his game, the big power punches. And Joyce took the blocking some of his face, so he wrong, as he always does. But he was jabbing and moving, and it took chunks off him until... Well, everyone knows what happened in the temp. Remember, into the in the build-up with uh, yourself and Daniel, uh, people who were picking you were kind of suggesting what Joe did last night. You'd do to Daniel. Were you watching yeah. with a little bit of regret, Nathan, thinking, you know what, I, that could have been me? Yeah, well, not re- yeah, yeah, but no, really, because I'm a big believer in what happens. What's meant for you is going to meant for you, and I was meant to get beat by Daniel the Bar that night. Whatever whatever I was going to do, I was going to get beat that night. So, it happens. And um, jo, it was Joe Joyce's night last night to beat Daniel. And unfortunately, mate, that's boxing, isn't it? Um, you win some, you lose some. And you learn and move on. Um, but yeah, all that Joe really done was everything off his jab. And I think every time Daniel got into range, Joe, Joe was throwing it, bang, he was knock, catching him and he was just knocking chumps off him until... You think getting it by Joe Joyce, 19 stone man, a jab for half an hour, it's going it's to it's 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 take its toll, and it did. It did take its toll. Nathan, what did you make of one of the scorecards which had Daniel practically winning every round? I, I really don't know. Myself, personally, I added. I gave Daniel, I, don't, I could be biased, I don't know, I gave Daniel maybe three rounds. Um, maybe one drawn. That's why I drawn it. Um, obviously, other people could see it differently, but he never won every round. Mm. There was, 
he maybe run run round two, four, six on that maybe. Yeah, he won three or four rounds and drew one or something. But I had I had Joe drive comfortably ahead. You knew uh, Joe's chin is a, a remarkable, <laughs> but I didn't think yeah. how, how quite how good it was because everyone who's tasted Daniel's power so far has been affected in a bad way, and. Yeah. Even though he was getting hit clean on the button, Joe just seemed fine. Wasn't bothering him. Wasn't bothering him. He was just like the Terminator, wasn't he? Just rising through it, going through it, going through it. He, he, <laughs> it doesn't affect him. Um, the thing is, Joe Joyce is a nightmare. Tough, extremely tough, super, super fit. He's a monster size of a man. And he knocks chumps, knocks chumps off you when he's throwing them punches, as you seen last night. Yeah, with that jab, that engine, the size of him. The the chin on him. He's a, it, yeah. Honestly, mate, he's a, I've always said that about him. He's he's a, he's dangerous. Even prior to even prior to um, the fight last night, when everyone was asking me predictions. I said I said I just got this feeling. I said Joe Joyce will do it. I said he'll get him into the late rounds. He'll push him back. He'll make him swallow his own blood. Then we'll see what Daniel will be made of. That's what happened. Nathan, let me ask you straight. Uh, you believe Daniel Dubois quit last night? See, quitting is a strong word, but it doesn't look good, does it? You know what I mean? If, if, but on the other hand, you don't know what was going through Daniel's head. You know what I mean? He could have got there. He could have because he hasn't been there before. He hasn't been there before. Like what Sam Jones was saying, he needed a middle fight, like Jennings and stuff. To be fair, I wasn't really his middle fight because really it was one side on Daniel's favour, wasn't it? Being honest and truthful about the matter. Um, he got me on a good night. Uh, he won. There's no no point making excuses. He won. He needed that middle fight to actually go through something like a busted eye or a busted nose or something like that to gain an experience. I think when shit hit the fan last night with him, he thought, "What the fuck am I going to do now?" When he got back in the corner, he started panicking, especially with the eye. He couldn't see nothing. And I, I, I think he thought to himself, "You know, I'm just going to see this one out." So. Could be experience, or like you said, it could be hard. There's only one way to tell now. If he comes back, and obviously, which he will come back, he's only 23 years of age. He's got a, still a long career ahead of him. If he comes back now, annihilates everyone, and he's took it with a good learning curve. And he's you know do, done some soul searching. Then obviously, he's back. Then he's learnt from it. But if he comes back again into an half 50-50 fight or 60-40 fight, and he swallows again, then. What what do we what do you say then really? Mm. So it all for me it all comes it all comes back to his comeback really how, how he comes back which I imagine he will will come back. Well, first things first, we understand that he might be going through surgery. So best wishes to Daniel. Yeah, oh, most definitely, mate. Because the thing the thing is, it's all right. Everyone online and everything criticising him, but speaking from myself as a fighter, when you're in there and you're taking big punches off big men. You know, you know what I mean? It could potentially go blind. So, you know what I mean? All best wishes to him, really. I hope he makes a full recovery. But, like I said, it all just comes back on the comeback. If he does it again, then he's answered the questions. If not, then, there you are. He's, he's uh, learned of it. Hmm. But, yeah, he will he, only be thinking about recovering, etc. now. But yeah. fans, media, etc. will be looking at what Daniel potentially does next. And... Yeah. The rematch with you might be a possibility. You'd welcome that, Nathan? Yeah, 100%. 100% for me. Um, obviously, the first fight, I had a, I'm not making excuses because he beat me. It is what it is. I had a, 
stuff going on and things like that. I wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the best preparation for me. So it would be nice to fight him, you know, when I'm a hundred hundred percent. Because you got to enter that ring one hundred and ten percent to be fair, you know, focus in every aspect away. So it would be nice to welcome a rematch, which I'm open to. But like you say, he's currently in hospital a minute, so there's no, no need to kick a man while he's down. Let him get better first. Let him get back in the gym. Let him get back to winning ways. Same as myself. I'm back to winning ways. Keep pushing. Keep progressing. And and imagine we'll both cross paths again. It's a uh, it's an easy fight to make again. It was easy in the first time. I'm sure it'd be easier even second time. So that's another one there. What can happen, mate? And why not? We're both under the same banner. We're both from Britain. Makes sense. Yeah. We've both come up. We've both come off defeats. I've come off defeats to Daniel. He's come off defeats to Joyce. So make makes sense, really. Yeah. When you look at the the list of heavyweights in this country, obviously Joe's going to kick on to to world. Oh, level. million percent. I'd, I I would imagine. I could be wrong. I'd imagine Joe will vacate the British Commonwealth and European and go straight for what's his name? Uh, the Ukrainian Alexander Yusek for the WBO book, which I would do myself. Of course, it's common sense where the money is. It's where the titles are. So. But you don't know. Time will tell, eh? Nathan, what, just to switch matters quickly, what did you make of Fabio Wardley's controversial knockout, let's say, of Richard Larty? Um, I thought he'd done very, very well. Um, Fabio's a good lad. Very civil as well. Very nice lad. I had him in camp when I was boxing Dubois. Very good lad. Good mover. Like, again, good heavyweight, especially for Britain. Some good fights there to be made for, for like him and myself, him and Daniel. There's some really good fights there. I thought... I don't know. It was a weird one. He he caught Larty with with a like I'm sure it was a jab or a left hook jab, and it and it stumbled him and it wobbled him. Then the right hand after that hit him. I don't know. We could. Glove. I don't know, mate. It looked like it hit him from the glove, but unless it hit him from the glove and it caught him for the temple, I don't know. But he went down. He didn't go down. He jumped down, didn't he? <laughs> but yeah, listen. I'd accept it. If it happened to me, listen, if I was Fabio and Richard Lyons and that were me, I'd accept it. I wish he did, to be fair. <laughs> but he didn't, did he? Uh, just uh, rounding off on another heavyweight, David Adelaide fought last night, spoke to him after his fight. He's been quite vocal in saying, you know, not calling you out, etc., but he says, Nathan Gorman's a oh, fight I want next year. Yeah, listen, if he's in line for the British title, the Commonwealth title, because that's, that's my main priority right now. I know Joyce has got him, but like I said before, Joyce is only after one thing, that world title. So they are going to come vacant. If David Adelaide's in line for that, not a problem. But at the end of the day, he's still on four, six rounders. He's only had four or five fights and he can't, no disrespect, go from his previous opponents where he's got to me. Not being horrible about the matter. I've got far too much experience. And that's, that's just that. Let him get into a situation where he's got something I want or vice versa. He's in line for something I want. Then we'll fight. But as for that, it's probably the end of next year or something until he keeps learning, keeps build, having more fights, he's building, then time will tell. Well, it's an interesting mix with the likes of yourself, Fabio Waldley, now Daniel Dubois oh, at that level. You know something, mate? It's probably the best it's ever been. Like you said, Daniel's back to British level or Commonwealth level, such as um, Fabio Waldley, you've got myself. You've got, obviously, Adelaide, was he four, five, and zero? He's coming through, so it's the best ever. And plus, Joyce now coming at the European level and going on to world honor. So, and you got the big boys, uh, Joshua's Fury. So, it's 
the best it's ever been. Then you got Chisora White. That's just in England. So, you know what I mean? It's the best it's ever been. What a time to be an heavyweight, eh? Definitely. Well, listen, Nathan Gorman, uh, nice to get you on the channel quickly. I'm sure we'll catch up soon when you've got some news, all right? Brother. Definitely, brother. Oh, man. Take care. Take care, man. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. This is Andy Perrault for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'm delighted to be joined by Al Siesta over Zoom. Al, how is life? How are you doing? Man, life is incredible. I literally arrived a week ago from Belarus. I've been here in the UK for the last, whatever, six days. Enjoying my family times. Sleeping, eating, watching Netflix, catching up. Um, Nice, man. Nice. It was a bit exhausting, I can tell you, but very, very satisfying. And weather here is fantastic. When I've been leaving Minsk, it was zero degrees, you know? So it's all good, man. All good. I'm, I'm sitting on the floor, by the way, because it's just a cozy, nice place. When you run me for the interview, I thought, let's just do it because I've been doing some stuff here. I just found a new spot in the office, you know? <laughs> um, Al, let's start off with kind of your experiences with the, the second series of Cold Wars. Um, reflect on it all for me, Al. How challenging or how easy did you find it in the end? Man, let me tell you that. Everything in boxing, when you're a promoter, guided by the finance. The more money you've got, the easier it is. My budgets are very, very limited. I'd say, this is no exaggeration, I might be working on... I don't want to say the numbers, but far, far, far inferior financial situation than what Queensbury or Matchroom have. So when I look at their production, these beautiful screens and everything, I mean, I must give it to Matchroom. Production is incredible, really nice. Reminds me of Vogue magazine and all these beautiful fonts running. And yesterday, actually, Roy Jones's production with um, Mike Tyson. I know we come back to that, but I liked it as well. Although the Boa against Joyce, the production, was a bit different, if you know what I'm saying. Is we all guided by the finance. Some people don't like spend money on stuff and they'd like to deliver content, actual fight. Some people really, really care about the rapping. So if you know what I mean about the rapper in terms of the production and values and the camera angles and the coloring and so on and so forth. I'm myself, as you know, I'm an ex-musician. If I would have had all that finances, trust me, I would have tried to match those guys. But yeah, so the reason I started from that is all about finance. In Minsk, it was very, very difficult. The reason I'm in Belarus, because I've got great contact. God bless you. Thank yeah. You. For those who doesn't know, he just sneezed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so because I've got lots of contacts in television there, lots of people in Olympic Committee and so on and so forth, lots of people who can provide infrastructures for me in Belarus. It was easier for me. Something like this in the UK, I never would have been able to afford it, I can guarantee you. No chance, literally. So that's why I was in Belarus. Overall, it was challenging, but we overcame it. CS the Boxing done 10 shows, and it was brilliant. 
You know? What's next, Al? Uh, are you planning on having a third series of Cold Wars or have you got something else in the pipeline, maybe over in the UK? Man, there's a big announcement pending, which is why people keep texting me. Can you hear the noise? Okay, I can hear the noise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have put it on the mute, maybe. Maybe shall I do that? But okay, don't worry. And um, yeah, I will have very, very soon, very strong announcement, very, very exciting but I will keep it now, the, the cards close to my chest for now and just enjoy with my family time and plan some more stuff. Uh, very, very soon we will find out. I mean, you will find out what's happening with CS the boxing. And yeah, it's all good. All very, very nice. Well, Al, I hope when you make that announcement, you will give Boxing Social the first exclusive interview. Man, Boxing Social is my family, or I'd say are my family. You're, you know what I mean? You you're, you're are the network that gave me loads of time, always supported me, no matter what I've done, any kind of bollocks I've been saying or whatever it is, you were always behind me. So, of course, of well, course. We, we appreciate you giving up your time as always. Um, let's no move problem, forward, then. Let's talk about some of your fighters. Start off with Zach Celi. We haven't had a chance to speak yet. He just recently won the Ultimate, well, the Boxer Tournament now, not Ultimate Boxer, but Boxer Tournament. What did you make of Zach's performances and his win? I mean, it was a good win, but it was a bit of a... Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I dropped it. So I, actually, the guitar got dropped, but it went on the soft, so it's okay. Uh, right, okay. So, Zach Celi. It was a very good win, but it was a bit of a foregone conclusion, really, with the lineup he had eventually. It was a foregone conclusion. That's not arrogant statement. Zach is a bit different kind of fighter. He was a head above every single contestant that was originally put into the competition. When I saw the lineups are changing due to COVID-19 and various stuff, I mean, it was it was a matter of time to see Zach winning the tournament. And it was, as I said, foregone conclusion. That doesn't diminish Zach's talent because Zach is a very, very special fighter. And I do believe in two, three fights, Zach can contest for some good, good, good European level, maybe early worldwide layer of fighters, which Siesta Boxing will provide. So, you know, since Zach Celi signed with Siesta Boxing, his situation drastically changed. He, he could have fought four times. He fought on Matrum's undercard on Spavetkin White pay-per-view, then entered a really reputable tournament. This is, this is just God's blessing. I'm not saying I was the one who's been doing everything. But at the end of the day, I think goes look after Siesta Boxing lineup. Yeah, so the plan with Zach Celi, steady. And very soon you will see what's going to be happening. You know? Moving away from Zach um, Al and Luther Clay, what is the latest with Luther? Luther Clay is down the South Africa, down the South Africa. <laughs> Luther Clay is in South Africa at the moment uh, with his parents. Uh, they got family business, very interesting. He asked me not to say that ever again to anybody because I mentioned it. It's a very nice and lucrative, so he's there and he'll be back, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if he's left already. I think he left already. If not, he's leaving very soon, staying over Christmas, over New Year's, back early January in camp. That's what it is. I wanted him to fight in Cold Wars uh, late November. And uh, Luther said he needs to go and do some stuff with the family, 
and reflect on a few things and come back and get, get into the camp. And that's the situation. I mean, Luther Clay will see him very soon. And I tell you what, he said something really interesting to me. He goes, I am not interested to box anymore unless you guarantee me a rematch against Congo. Yeah, that's his words. Trust me. So, Chris, if you're hearing me, the rematch has to happen in a couple of, if, if, Listen, I'm wishing you all the best, and I hope Chris Conga is going to do the damage. But if you're stuck for a fight, and as you know, no one really wants to fight you, a couple of fights down the line when you will be struggling with the opponent, hopefully no, but if, we'll get it. We'll get that happen again, if, if you want to, you know. Moving forwards and on to another yeah. topic. We saw a big heavyweight fight last night between Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce stopping Daniel Dubois in the 10th round. Reflect on the fight for me, Al. I know you'd have watched it as all of us did. What did you think? Man, I was wrong. Someone texted me. In fact, it was Paul Reddy, a good friend of mine. And he said to me, what do you reckon? I said, Dubois wave off. They wave off Joyce. And Paul answering me, probably because no punch is coming back. I said, exactly. <laughs> we were kind of wrong, you know what I mean? Both of us. Because that what you would naturally think if you're in this business, that that's what happens. And what I didn't like after Queensbury interviews was all about how Debois lost the fight, not how Joyce won it. So everyone was absolutely adamant and expected Debois to win. Joyce, I can't say he boxed spectacularly well, but the jab was tremendous, and that was a different on the night. Also in and out, he used his pedigree, his amateur pedigree, and I think we saw the rawness of Daniel, and we just saw that Daniel is a young man. That's what we saw. The experience of Joyce and Debois kind of, it was slightly below his depth really and obviously that injury on the eye was very unfortunate because that was a main reason why why he had to stop i'm not blaming i don't call him a quitter like few people did i can imagine he couldn't see he's only 23 years of age he's a very talented fighter and he lived to fight another day that's what it was so obviously that was very unpleasant job and he thought he took a knee and then probably had revelation moment of next time you know which is good performance from joyce i mean fights like that i hope they would have been in a different circumstance with the different arenas and i'm not diminishing what queensbury done because they delivered a fantastic fight and it was brilliant fantastic fight imagine if it would have been full of crowd incredible you know oh what did you make of people's comments that daniel quit last night it's that's because people never been in the ring themselves and have never been hit by some kind of wardrobe size of a man like Joyce. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's very painful, it's hurtful, it's dangerous. When fights are fights, they go through different kind of demon stages when they, they feel different psychological steps during the fight and call someone the quitter after what we saw yesterday, who's only 23 years of age. This day and age, 23 years old, I don't even know. I don't want to insult on young generation. Do you know what I mean? But, man, it takes a special, special person. When you can't see against such a pro, such a seasoned talent like Joe Joyce, that was the absolutely right decision to take. 
and no person in their clear state of mind would blame Daniel Dubois for taking that, for making that decision. And I know he will come back very strong. He's been doing very well in that fight. He had he had he been handicapped, compromised with that really swollen eye. I mean, God knows what goes through your head, man. I don't blame him at all. I mean, that jab was a bit too much for him. You could see it. So I've got no blame. And the comments of those idiots, you know what I'm saying? Whoever I it's just we can't even pay attention to that. People are cruel. One thing I know, you know it. They got no clue. Oh, with Joe Joyce, um, uh, as soon as the fight was over, he, he went up to the camera and he called out somebody you know very well, Alexander. Yeah. We yeah. know that fought as amateurs. Do you think yeah. we can see that fight next, though? And if so, what would be your thoughts on it? It's brilliant. It's a good fight. Joyce been beaten, not sure if twice, but definitely once by Yusek. I tell you where... I, 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 I can kind of predict what's going to happen in that fight, if you're interested. Yusik yeah. is much faster, has great IQ, great movement. Joe hardly could be knocked out. He's got granite chin, mountain of a man. Definitely. Did you see that? Daniel laid some best shots. It, it, it just it had absolutely no effect. Or, anyway, vis no visible effect on Joyce. So what I think will, Usyk probably will outbox Joyce quite comfortably. I do believe that. Unless he'll try to, you, you know, you know the good thing about Joe Joyce, he makes it makes it really claustrophobic in the ring. He's so imposing, and he eats away all entire space you've got with all these jabs, jabs. He's like a Robocop. Did you see the way he goes on? So he eats that space away and he overwhelms you and just surrender. With Usyk. We saw what happened with Chisora. Chisora threw kitchen sink, kitchen sink at him, and and it didn't work, you know. And um, I do believe that Derek is not less mobile than Joe Joyce, so therefore I'll give Usyk advantage in movement, ducking and diving, surviving, jabbing back, laying the shots. Um, he will be, it will be, you know, it will be like power and size against finesse. That's what it's going to be. And finesse will prevail, in my opinion. That's what I feel. I could be wrong. I tell you who's very, very similar to Joyce, who I had on my show. Jean Kasabutsky, the southpaw, the heavyweight, who stopped Kamil uh, uh, Sokolowski. Bro, that is the machine of a man. And if he would fight Joe Joyce, that will be like two tractors. Massive. Them. No, the tractors that carry coal in the canyons where they develop coal and all that kind of stuff. That massive kind of industrial tractors collide. That would have been very interesting because Camille said to me, Camille Sakalowski, he goes, man, I fought with Dillian White. I, I, I was fighting. I, I fought many people. This guy is so special, so strong, massive puncher, imposing mountain. He could be a world champion. So Jean Kasabuski, watch out, that guy from Kazakhstan, uh, I think he's 13 and all with 12 stoppages, I believe. But Yusik, I think, is a little bit too good technically, intellectually for Joe Joyce. My opinion, Joe, I love you. You know, you're a great fighter, a very intelligent man, highly charismatic, very well brought up, and very, very nice person. But I think Yusik, probably too much. Just, just slightly different level in terms of finesse and understanding. But the fight, would I like to see that fight? 
absolutely no doubts. Wonderful fight. I would watch it as a pay-per-view as well. So. I'll we'll leave that there now and I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. But I'm leave... You never asked me. You never asked me about Roy Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really now. I've got that one. Roy Jones, obviously, Mike Tyson fighting during the night to a draw. I know that you watched it. So what are your thoughts on that and the entire event itself? I spun a bit of a kind of provocative reaction from Russian crowd. I've been asked on in an interview a week ago, what do I think about this? Do I think this fight is important? I said, this fight is absolutely no important. It's, it's designed for the punter and not for the, it's designed for casual, not for real professional or boxing connoisseur or boxing hardcore. When I said, and people just went like real aggressive in Russia. And I said, you can comfortably bet on draw now. That's what I said to them. You can comfortably bet on draw now. That's how obvious it is. I mean, Mike Tyson won the fight, in my opinion. But, I mean, look, the sport, the love, the peace always win in exhibition fights. And therefore, we've got that result. So was it worthy? I quite like the production. Very nice, very interesting. Maybe ceiling was a bit low, but that's my opinion. But it was very interesting. Very kind of slightly futuristic. Matrum-esque a bit, I can tell you. Although Matrum goes a bit wider and richer and so on and so forth. That was a bit more chamber. But the fight was good. The guy's in great shape. Um, was I enjoying it? Not really. Was I watched it live? No. Did I watch it live? No. I got it recorded. So um, I watched it after. But it's okay. You know? Yeah. Well, now we will leave up there. <laughs> Um, I appreciate <laughs> your time today, Al. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, final word to yourself, both, for everyone who's going to tune in. What would you like to say to them? Guys, support Siesta Boxing on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all other accounts. Support me personally. I mean, sorry for my English. I've been speaking Russian for about five weeks. I'm just catching up, you know. And, um, you know, it's funny how if you're foreign, you're foreign forever. No matter how long you live in the UK, 25 years, 30 years, if this is not your native town originally, it takes four weeks to put you off your tracks completely. But if, if, if you know what I mean. But the final word, support CS the Boxing. Support us, guys. Please watch out for the announcements. Something very strong coming. And let me tell you that 2021 will be a very, very special year. This is my personal guarantee to you. Merry Christmas for those who are celebrating. Uh, seasonal greetings for those who doesn't and spend quality time with your family let's see through this 2020 crazy year so guys i love you and i leave you here oh thank you for your time and thank you for speaking to boxing social you're welcome brother